1 Thessalonians 4, verse 4, that each one of you should know how to possess, control, manage his own body in consecration, purity, separated from things profane, and honor, not to be used in the passion of lust like the heathen, who are ignorant of the true God and have no knowledge of his will, that no man transgress and overreach his brother and defraud him in this manner, or defraud his brother in business. For the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we have already warned you solemnly and told you plainly. For God has not called us to impurity, but to consecration, to dedicate ourselves to the most thorough purity. Amen. Put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Hey, greetings. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Be encouraged, brethren. Be encouraged, sisters in the Lord. Be encouraged, those of you who are seeking righteousness. And I just want to encourage you, even if you already messed everything up, even if you already crashed and burned and did everything wrong pretty much this entire time, just blindly, just making mistakes for lack of knowledge and vision, and just perishing all over the place because you have no idea what's going on, I want to encourage you, you're going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. I just want you to go ahead and say it out loud and or type it in the comments. It's going to be okay. And then you could lovingly add comma, space, buckwheat. Amen. It's going to be okay, buckwheat. Amen. <laughs> and I just want to speak restoration. Be restored in the name of Jesus. I feel a divine anointing today for the restoration of your destinies, of your calling, and those things, the promises. Some of you have promises that God gave in your life, and they just got destroyed. They got stolen they got obliterated and then it caused all kinds of negative emotions. Of course, you're going to feel sad if your promises from God got destroyed because you didn't have the knowledge or the vision or there was sin and you didn't know it was sin because of ignorance or lack of Torah working in your lack of grace. It says bitterness comes when we what? We, we fail to receive and secure the grace of God. So we want to speak grace. He gives grace to what? The humble. So that means we have to humble ourselves to receive a greater grace, which means, you know what? There's a graceful way to be wrong about something, right? When there are things stolen and destroyed and you've crashed and you've burned and you feel devastated, the last thing you need to do is go attack somebody else to go try and steal what they have that only turn out seven times worse than the situation already is in your life. So we want to not do that. Go ahead and write again. Let's not. Let's make a little note. Note to self. Let's not do that. Uh, but let's secure God's grace and humble ourselves. Again, there's a graceful way to be wrong. We're all wrong at some point in our lives. Many points, usually. In fact, this entire cosmic journey up Jacob's ladder is pretty much you just discovering how wrong you've been the entire time before then up until it's then. It's humbling, but <laughs> it, it's, really it is. is the truth anyhow. But you'll be okay <laughs> because we're going to secure God's grace in your life. And I just want to speak restored promises and even better things coming forth. And, you know, there's a quote from the prophet Bob Jones, and I want to speak this over your life. Are you ready? 
Some of you, you need to write this down if you in your in your prophet your prophetic journal, your dream journal. Are you ready to write it down? You can say it out loud. Put your hand on your spirit. This is what Bob Jones said, and I want to restore your destiny with this. You determine your own destiny with your faithfulness by and through your faithfulness. So you determine your own destiny by your faithfulness. Now, God is faithful. What does that mean? He's faithful even when we're not. So even when you weren't faithful due to ignorance, pride, right? The sin of ignorance and pride. The book of Enoch says eventually those things will not be in the people of God in the generation of righteousness. It's a generation of Enoch. It's the Enoch generation. You're going to be a part of it in Jesus' name. That's what we're decreeing over you today, which means, first of all, we're going to have to humble ourselves and learn how to be gracefully wrong, which means you ever been in a, in a discussion, let's not call it an argument, have you been in a discussion, a friendly discussion, and you were so adamant and so sure you were right, you were going to lay your life down on the line, you would have put all the chips on on that bet that you were right, and then you, here comes this evidence and, and, and the knowledge that, oh, ooh, I, I was actually wrong. <laughs> Everyone's been there, right? It's not a nice feeling. You feel maybe embarrassed, maybe shameful. The temptation is to defend yourself, you know, to come up with all kinds of excuses, why it's everyone else's fault. They, well, I didn't know that because he didn't tell me. Da, da, da. No, just, okay. Just let's be gracefully wrong. I Vulnerability was Vulnerability instead of prideful cover-ups. That's the key to yeah. forgiveness and faithfulness. Uh, I was wrong about my entire life of Christianity and attacking other Christians. You know, that's pretty much when you're coming out of the world of Christianity. The Lord showed me in the vision in in the night that that whole sector it's like in a whole arena is the world that you live in and all it is is wars and rumors of wars and basically it's just christians fighting other christians so true. and then non-christians fighting christians and the whole arena that's all it is that's it's like the you entire have to thing. come out of christianity to come into christ in so many yeah. ways that's true yeah it's like everyone's still in that arena releasing the lions releasing the gladiators it's fight to the death and everyone's got each other in a stranglehold, a chokehold. And, you know, it's a, all the prayers are about get back what that person took from me and hit, get what that person has. That's mine. And that's not what we want to be. What the Lord showed me was out just outside of that arena because there's a door that you can exit that arena. You don't have to live in that place. You need to come out of it entirely. That's come out of her, my people. And you go to the tree. There's a tree, the tree of life, the oaks of righteousness, the olive tree of life, Jesus Christ. And there's another door. And through that door, there are only two keys, the shepherd's key. But in this day and age, I'll tell you, the only key that's working is the key of righteousness. It's purity and righteousness. It's the blood and the water of Jesus Christ. And when you enter in there, there's actually a sign on the wall. This is in the angelic realm. There's a sign on the wall when you go in, it says no violence. It's nonviolent and it's actually extremely enforced by angels. When I was scribing that vision of that dream and I wrote down the part about the angels enforcing the nonviolence toward each other, a bright, it's like a sapphire stone angel flash flashed on the screen as I scribed that part. That was the angels of the invisible realm letting me know, yes, we're here to enforce that. So if you find yourself wandering back into the arena of Christian versus Christian PVP, you know, come out of that and come into that nonviolence toward your brothers and sisters, non, you know, nonviolent spiritually 
and more morally ethically but also obviously not physically most people already got that part down you shouldn't be beaten down on each other but where we often miss it is spiritually not doing violence because that's the unbelief that says oh i'm not doing any harm i'm not doing any wrong and meanwhile their inner man is bleeding out <laughs> everywhere and the angels have them going to the, the you know the angelic surgery uh, to restore them and you just beat up your brother and sister now don't think that's not going to count towards your eternal rewards that's deductions right people, not, people often do that in the guise of the piousness of prayer right let me pray for you yeah let me, let me <gasps> pray, pray, pray for you <laughs> oh, oh god stop and stop praying for me <laughs> that's like the christian way of saying screw you is let me pray for you all right <laughs> yeah, i'm like praying that. for you that's like nimrod so you got to come out of that and uh that's the place that is the entrance to the cave of magpala which is a mystical place that's where you learn of the three pillars, the three orbs, which is also the tree of life, the Sephirot, in the holy Kabbalah, not to be confused with the occult, who have the counterfeit of that. So here's the thing. If you don't get into holy Kabbalah, either you're going to be in the occult Kabbalah or under their dominion. That's true. That's the only There's option. There's nothing in between, guys. Exactly. There's two ladders in the garden. One's hell and one's heaven. And that's clearly written in scripture. So those stars that fell from heaven, they want you under their false light. And they want you paranoid about the Jacob's ladder, the path of ascension, the path of Enoch. Listen, all the apostles quoted first Enoch. It's in the scriptures everywhere. It was part of the doctrines of the apostles of the Lamb. If we don't understand the book of Enoch in these days, first Enoch, as equivalent to scripture, since it's written in scripture, we're going to have a really hard time. We're going to have too much religion to get out of the war zone. It's a war zone on earth, but guys, the God of peace will crush Satan under feet, which means there's a rising to the place where wisdom comes from, as it's written in James. The wisdom that comes down from God is, first of all, peace-loving and pure. So it first comes all, from a realm of peace, the city of peace. It's called heavenly Jerusalem, where God's throne is. This is the place we're ascending to by the circumcisions of the inner man. Your inner man is making progress against your outer man through the inside of your soul amen and if you repent something better than that thing that you lost is going to come forth so some of you just need to kind of let go of that thing that was on the chopping block it maybe it got destroyed it got lost it got stolen and you know david recovered all but understand this a lot of times what god does when you repent when you go higher he'll actually bring something even better forward that's just his nature we've seen that time and time again because that's his faithfulness I know our faithfulness is not as good as his faithfulness. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But how many of us know that God is a merciful, compassionate God? He's quick to forgive. He's slow to anger. So he's, he is the merciful, compassionate one. And so we want you to know him in your life as the merciful, compassionate one, which means you should show mercy to others who've sinned against you so that you can also receive divine mercy. His nature will pour forth through you like a river. But we, uh, we posted this in here in the intro, this egg, because that's the word of God hatching in you. That's the glory egg. God plants his word as seed. That's represented in the golden egg. First Peter 5, 5 says, Likewise, you younger men of lesser rank and experience, be subject to your elders, seek their counsel, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, 
tie on the servant's apron for God is opposed to the proud, the disdainful, the presumptuous, and he defeats them. God defeats and fights the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We need to grow in grace to boldly approach the throne of grace. You know what the throne of grace is in your hearts? Colossians 1.27. It's this golden egg. It's the throne of grace that has to hatch by the mind awakening to the glory of the throne of Jesus inside your spirit. You can't grow in Christ unless you're connected to Christ. So having begun in spirit, are we going to try to finish in the flesh of our brains through intellectual ascension? through some kind of mental ascent. Mental ascension is nothing less than witchcraft and rebellion. It has the guise of growing in Christ, but it doesn't have its fruit. The appearance of godliness that denies the power. The denying of the power is not knowing the inward way. Jesus Christ come and came and showed us the inward way. He said in the red letters, Luke 17, 21, My entire kingdom is on the inside. How many people are still looking for it on the outside? We have to be connected to the inside, know the ladder, know the rungs, get the circumcisions, live out of the glory of our inner man, remodel the rooms of our soul. The interior mansion is set up like many rooms on the inside. You have to put new wallpaper up sometimes, new paint, new pictures which is allowing the scriptures to be written on the inside for your spirit man can only come alive through the word of God mm. on the inside. Angelic HGTV super remodel edition. And if you got some nasty pictures in your interior uh, castles and in your interior mansions, let's just go ahead and take them down right now. In Jesus name. Some of y'all got some nasty pictures. Bam. We're going to take those out and chunk them out the window down into the garbage. We don't need that crap in here. We're remodeling it. Bring in the sledgehammer. Have you ever seen a good remodel when you're doing a really big and really great remodel? What does it look like? Destruction! Tearing down Tear walls. Ah, oh, that was my favorite wall. Smash! You're, it's it's going. It's it's gone. It's going. Going. It's gone. New Say wide goodbye. Open spaces. <laughs> we're gonna need some skylights because we're going yep. up into the sky. Oh yeah, busting a few sky permanent skylights through your head. There's a hot tub on the roof that goes up forever. It's Hallelujah. called the Word of God, the water of the Word. <laughs> Amen. And you just got a nice big pillar in the center of the room with a golden egg sitting there with a beautiful light, glory light display with angelic music. Aww. It's really a promise of God's word coming fresh and new to you every day. Just like if you were to have a chicken coop in your yard and you like the fresh eggs, so is the fresh bread from heaven. It's the sustenance of the soul. The inner man delights in the light of the word. It's the breakthrough anointing of the word of his grace, the word of glory. In order to live in the light of life, there has to be the fresh word of God on the inside. Amen. Take down the picture of that strange woman out of your house and tear it down. Let it fall off the wall. Let it be torn down by the angel armies and the angel home redecoration team assigned to you take down those pictures of the strange woman that's the whore of babylon that's what i'm seeing right now those are coming down yep anything that came from the other side that pretended to be jesus jesus christ said through his prophet john and first john 
that all the antichrist false christianity will come as looking like real christianity but it has to be obliterated demolished and that's what the holy spirit wants to purify out of your hearts is a lot of the church age stuff that had mixture with the angels of light that deceive mm -hmm. so we can have a clean clear path on the inside a ladder to god on the inside we're constant communion living in his fresh glory excited for the daily bread and excited to do his will and to walk with him work with him talk with him be with the father walking with him in the the fullness of the coolness of the day in the dew of heaven that fresh glory dew that the father pours on me and you amen full remodel start over let's build a mansion let's build a palace glorified perfect and presentable to jesus christ that's what good he enough said. for him to live there himself in my father's house are many mansions it's like a house within a house which means He's already preparing them. The issue is he ascended into the heavens, which means you must ascend in your inner man with your spirit and your soul underneath those skins, not on the outside of those skins, but on the inside of those skins with your spirit and your soul, you ascend into the mansions that Jesus Christ of Nazareth has prepared for you. Those are the remodeling of the inside. The interior castle gets the upgrade. It goes from just a, a chamois town goes from just looking really really bad and god can do a work in our souls to so our souls look like they're dwelling in the father himself same exact standard from shabby chic to buckingham palace amen i think we should decorate with roses i think that would be a great decoration celestial roses if anyone watched that uh, rebecca springer uh, beyond the gates, you know, that let in some the angels heaven. put some roses from the Garden of Eden inside your souls today, just a taste of that future glory. Have you heard Bam. about the rainbow angels and the angels that go before the chariot sprinkling rose petals before the chariot of God? Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Amen. Maybe you could be like your father and just have the maybe the angels are sprinkling the rose petals and you're walking in that rainbow light everywhere you go. Oil and butter, favor, the fat dripping from the altar, the burnt sacrifice, a living stone, a living sacrifice, a temple sanctified, consecrated by the altar unto God most high. You know, I've always found that the Father is madly and totally in love with us, and He's for us and He favors us. The interruption, that disconnection is in the nefesh soul, the brain that's influenced by the powers of the air and the powers of the world and the fallen angels so that there is a little bit of a misunderstanding, a fog that you deal with every single day. This is why we have ministry, so we can have the, the refreshment of our mind and the clarity of our Remember. mind. So when the shepherd is shepherding the sheep, the most important thing is that he puts the oil on the sheep's head. It keeps the bugs away because the bugs will go in and start living in the head. And that's the main cause of death among sheep is that the bugs get into the head. So we need that fresh oil as it's written in scripture. He anoints my head with fresh oil. That fresh oil is the daily salvation, not a one-time fire insurance when you're born again 20 years ago, but I'm saved every day by the oil poured on my head. Stay saved, saints. Amen. And remember, the Father's love is not like human love. And, you know, I was thinking about this this week. And we were talking about this, you know, with the Lord, that, you know, the mystics and the sages and the rabbis, and, you know, the Christian mystics and, and those who have walked in the measures of maturity, they all have the similar report. And they talk about the severity that the Father gives to the more mature ones that he's growing up and so some of you you're starting to step into a greater maturity and that 
the scourging and the severities of God is a little bit uncomfortable to you. It's unfamiliar. And it's easy when you're very young, when you're a young Christian or you're just a baby maturing or beginning the maturation process to mistake the severities of God for something that's not love. And all, like again, the mystics, the sages, the rabbis, and the wisdom of Moses, you know, in uh, the Christian mystics, they all talk about how God's precious ones, those who draw most closely to him, he deals oftentimes more severely with them than just regular people. And why is that? It's because you're his precious possession. So, you know, those people that are a little bit farther from his throne, there's a different standard of cleanliness. There's a different standard of godliness. When you start to approach him and become very close to him, you're very peculiar, precious treasure to him. It's it's very different. He jealously guards you, but at the same time, he gonna, he's going to give you a little bit harder time than everybody else because he loves you. He wants to really work out the remaining vileness that's still in the human nature. So he loves you so much and he loves that you want to draw near to him, but he's excited a lot. Oftentimes that's his excitement to drive the darkness out in order for you to receive more love. Because if you remember that Gevra comes before Hesed, which means the fear of Isaac and the sacrifice of Isaac and laying down in the sacrificing of the promises as if it did die, and it might look like it's dying. You know, there's that promise of the re resurrection. But Abraham didn't know that until he was really like right there with the dagger and is about to die. Yeah, he'd like fully goodbye. done the act already completed yep. in his heart, it is written. And for you, that's going to be your destiny, your promises, your destiny, your calling. That's what it is. That's Isaac. That's literally. Oh, but it's not working out. It really is the thing. foundation of the resurrection yeah. of all faith since Abraham. The hope that even if the child dies, it will be resurrected by God. So salvation is faith in the resurrection. Right. And it's a, very great way to test, it's a great way to test the heart. And what happens when you pass through Isaac, right? How, you know, how do you go to that above the sun righteousness? Uh, for me, it was a lot of the sacrifice of the drunken glory joy. And how I feel, I feel good. I feel intoxicated. I feel good in God's presence. Me, me, me. I, I, I. You know, it was still me and my destiny. Me and what I can do for myself. What God can do the for idolatry myself. Idolatry of feeling the I glory feel good. instead of obedience and sacrifice and missing ninety nine percent of the gospel. Or like, just chill out and have a drink. Or like, you know, well, f laughter is a good fruit. Joy is a fruit. Are you telling me, God? Are you telling me that that's not my blah blah blah? You know, like. Don't take away my fruit. That's the best thing. Hello. What the sacrifice is, is the best thing that you have to offer. That's and that's right. what you lay down. And if for a lot of people, that's the hardest part. You'll about have to going sacrifice cosmic. revival for greater revival. Right. Bob Jones says, I don't even want revival. You should watch that. We have that on our uh, reels on some of our channels that Bob Jones prophecy. He said, I don't even want revival. What? And then the charismatic church is like, what? What do you mean you don't want revival? That's what they all want. Why did Bob Jones say, we don't need another revival. We need an awakening. The last revival is just an awakening. It's not revival. What did he say about that? Why didn't he want another revival? Why is that not what's on the plan, not on the menu? Not hashtag like, not another drunken glory revival, not another outpouring revival, an awakening. Because the revival, it comes and goes and all kinds of good stuff happens. 
but then it passes and then it's darker afterwards than it was before the revival itself becomes an idol Some, exactly something that god gave me that i have to you know blah 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 here's the thing what god's going to do now we're going to go back into the original design of the perfection of creation of him saying Amen. it is good in genesis 1 we're going back into the garden of eden you don't need revival in the garden of eden you just need to be there you didn't need right. revival on the mountain what did the bible say torah just come on the mountain and be here Right. Revival when you're, when is you're a with God, it's it's short. perfection. It's not a, a revival area. It's the original design of being with God. So it's it's mm -hmm. a different mindset. Mm -hmm. The success that the Father's requiring, and I have a verse here in James three one that says there's always a greater severity when there's a greater maturity. So when you get into more and more mature teachings, as you should, as the progressions written in Corinthians, we go from milk to solid meat. Yep. So as you progress in the food that comes down from heaven, you're not on the same food as when you started in Christ. That's, that's wrong. If people are still eating the same stuff for 20 years, they stopped growing 20 years ago. That's right. You need a higher teaching, a more mature teaching. That same progression is in Hebrews 6, going past elementary things into the training of righteousness if God permits. But listen to this. Mm -hmm. James 3.1 in the Amplified Classic, not many of you should become teachers, self-constituted censors and reprovers of others, my brethren, for you know that we teachers will be judged by a higher standard and with greater severity than other people. Thus, we assume the greater accountability and the more condemnation. The greater the teaching, the more the accountability. Yep. The more the accountability, the more the authority. That's why we serve God with fear and trembling, because there is a throne judging us continuously. The accountability is the higher teaching. Yeah. As long as it's on the inside, inscribed inside the spirit and the soul, and it's not just some external thing in your head, it's the real deal. And the word itself is the accountability and the judge. Amen. That's so good. And keep in mind, God is still in love with you. He still loves you. Those of you who are starting to receive the severity of God, the severity is discouraging, the more difficult teaching, he still loves you. He's in love with you. That doesn't change how he feels about you. It's just he wants to upgrade your life, and that's the only way possible. That's how you work out your salvation. It's the severity and the love, the judgments and the mercy. And so it's always that continual balance on display. That's why when you go up the lightning path, it works all that stuff out of you and it might not feel good initially, but what does it say about the overflowing joy in the Bible? I've read so many verses on the joy and the laughter and the sorrow. And what does it say? It says, those of you who you are broken hearted and you cried or you poured out your spirit, that broken and contrite spirit, that's the person whose laugh will be unstoppable ever, you know, full of joy overflowing. It's those who enter his rest. And again, we talked about this the other day. It's those who strive to enter his rest, right? We don't rest to enter his rest. That's one of the demonic doctrines of a lot of, a lot of um, they target the glory stream people is you just got to rest, rest to enter his rest. No, you got to strive to enter his rest, which means something's required. You have to change. It's not just like couch yeah, there's, potato there's ministries. We, we reacted yeah. to religion and then got into rebellion but, but there's a fine line, a narrow way between the rebellion and, and the religion. And it is a striving to enter the rest. It's doing the works that Discipline. Jesus Christ has prepared for you to do. It's being a good soldier. Amen. And just to make sure you got the one point, if there's one thing you get out of today, this is what I want you to get. Uh, I want you to write this in the comments just so everyone gets this because I don't want no 
no man left behind, no woman left behind, no soldier left behind on this one today. Write this in the comments. You determine your own destiny by your faithfulness. You determine your own destiny by your faithfulness. So that's why, whether it's destiny or not, we will be more. That was the word that we got. Why, why is that? Because we are determined to become faithful. For many are called, few are chosen, and even fewer are faithful. And discipline comes before love and love one another. And whew, let's see if I can find this for us here in Second Peter. But the receiving God's great and valuable promises so that we might escape the corruption of the worldly desires and share in the div divine nature. Share in the divine nature. So being partakers of the divine nature, the one who called us by his glory and virtue, through these things we have received God's great and valuable promises so that we might escape the corruption of worldly desires and share in the divine nature. I mean, that sounds pretty important. That's some pretty important stuff. Now, why are we talking about destiny, promises, inheritances? Because whether I, I've noticed this, this has been a Holy Ghost highlight, whether you get swept up in the occult or whether you've been swept up in the Christian occult, which is a lot of the under the sun Jezebel charismatic Christianity. Guess what everyone has in common between all those camps? People who study uh, black magic and unholy Kabbalah and Klippeth. They even call it the Klippeth. And they're like, yeah, this is a Klippeth. This is how everything works. And well, yeah, they're kind of right. But it's all in darkness. But what do they have? They teach and preach almost the same message as most Christian uh, pastors. And that's what shook me. I went and looked into these things with the Holy Ghost and saw what Klippeth teachers were Klippething. <laughs> Clippeth, no clippething, right? And then I was shocked to see it's a very similar message to modern day Christianity. It blew my mind. I was like, you know what? People are all looking for the same thing. You know, it was one of the most astonishing things when I got born again in October of 1999 in Teen Challenge oh, yeah. that the same witchcraft spirits in the old cult, mm -hmm. I'd come out of the old cult pretty for severely, those same witchcraft spirits that were in the old cult mm -hmm were in all the churches. It's true. And I could see them. And I said, what is this? And he began to teach me that the demons had turned most Christianity through the fallen angels into the occult. And that's what mm -hmm. the false prophet of Revelation does. The That complete, that house for every unclean spirit. It turns the forms of Christianity and, and all that externalism into the actual working with demons. And a lot of people, just like you read in the final quest by Rick Joyner, a lot of those hordes of hell are marching. They all believed that those demons were angels and the urine from the demons was the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it was the majority of Christianity that believed that. That's the occult. So we're literally in this generation. We're coming out of Christian occult into the sapphire stones and there can't be anything in between all that in between stuff that's value to decision that's just confusion not understanding the accuracy of the situation amen it's shocking when you see how similar those messages are and the two main themes are power and destiny when people go into the occult it's for power and destiny when people go into the charismatic church or the Christian churches made by human hands, they might have started off with good intentions, but they end up going after power and destiny. And it's usually 
almost every time at the cost of others. And we just shared that verse from Isaiah, the prophet, that said that this demon god called Destiny was being worshipped by the Israelites in the time of Isaiah, and they called Destiny a demon. I'd never seen that before. Do you remember the exact verse? Yeah, I think it was Isaiah. We looked at two different. I think we looked at Isaiah 28 and then Isaiah 68. We looked, we've been around Isaiah a lot but how lately. many charismatic Christians have dealt with the mm-hmm. demon of destiny we'll instead it. of the cross of paying the price of sacrificing self? Self-sacrifice. You see, one is selfish. The demon of destiny, your counterfeit, what the enemy's trying to do to deceive you and trick you to get you into some kind of witchcraft and, and stay in the old cult while you believe in Jesus because mm-hmm. the demons believe in Jesus and shudder, it is written. So there is a false faith of the externalist who's involved in occult Christianity. And, and I mean, how far down the rabbit hole do you guys want to go today? You know, we want to expose this stuff because we care about the salvation of your soul to come into true Christianity, which requires an altar of the Holy Spirit in your heart to burn up that selfishness. The destiny of Jesus is that Jesus be fo- fully formed in you. Not about all the stuff you get on the outside. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness on the inside. And that stuff might get added unto you if you can get over all the idolatry of false destiny. Amen. Now, I'm not sure if this is the same false god or another similar one. uh, But we have this uh, writing here as well about Bell and the dragon. And Bell being the false god of destiny. Uh, So Bell, the false god of destiny. The one who has troubled you with fears and obsessions about your destiny. Ooh. Yes, Lord, deliver our people, deliver us from the false gods of destiny. The fears about destiny and not reaching yours. Are you listening? The fears about destiny and not reaching yours are intended by the enemy to put you into a fear covenant. We break those fear covenants with the blood and the water of Jesus Christ. So those fears about destiny and not reaching your destiny are intended demonically by the enemy to put you into a fear covenant Mm. so that you either don't reach it or give up on it. Your destiny is not so much about what you do. Listen to that. Your destiny is not so much about what you do. That will flow in the river. It's about who you become. Your character on the inside, mm, Christ and his light it. shining in your hearts. So Come it's on. your destiny is not so much about what you do. That will flow in the river. It's about who you become. Having formed him and chastened and trained Joseph, he then put him in the palace. Training in righteousness because he who has suffered in the flesh is done with willful sin. It is written... Moral blindness is being destroyed out of the people of God, guiding you into destiny by the Holy Spirit of wisdom, hakma, purity, holiness. And that is the rectification of the wisdom of Solomon. When you realize, have a revelation, that your destiny is your relationship with Jesus Christ. God the Father and the Holy Spirit, you become a conqueror of destiny and an overcomer of the false God of destiny, Bell, and any other false gods of destiny. And you have the other verse Yeah, here. I found it right away. It's Isaiah 65, verse 11 in the Amplified Classic. But you who forsake the Lord, 
who forget and ignore my holy Mount Zion, who prepare a table for Gad, the Babylonian god of fortune, and who furnish mixed drinks for Meni, M-E-N-I, Meni, the god of destiny. So we're dealing with the demon god of fortune, the god of Babylon, and the demon god Meni, M-E-N-I, of destiny. And... Guys, I just want to release the breaker anointing power of the Word of God. I am feeling this so strongly today. When the external forces of hell come upon the saints, that is your time under that pressure to be consecrated by the Word of God. No matter what you face in this world, most of it you'll face that will trouble you will be sorcery. So sorcery needs to be something you completely understand. It's the only thing the enemy uses to try to shut down saints. And because saints don't even understand what sorcery is, the enemy is very successful. But we're going to expose sorcery. Sorcery is a word working in the invisible realm that usually manifests feelings and emotions contrary to the, the will of God in your life. So it's through the feelings and emotions, the soul, the nefesh soul, that, uh, that the fallen angels try to manipulate God's people. So it's called a magic spell. We just break all those magic spells off your heads, off your hearts, off your bones, off your marrow, off your houses, off your finances, off your health. They're magic spells. Sickness is a magic spell. Poverty is a magic spell. So all these magic spells are words enforced by demons, just like the angels of Jesus Christ obey his word, Psalms 103. The demons have to have a word. That's why they need a vessel, a human vessel, to speak a negative word, a word of witchcraft, a word of rebellion, a word of sorcery. They augur before Yadavave, which means they use the word apart from God's will. So what happens with all of this wickedness that we deal with in the wor world is you have all these words circling around the atmosphere. You'll wake up dealing with that stuff every single day on earth because you have an earthen vessel. The daily bread is to take that out and get back into the bright Shekinah glory. That's why it's a daily salvation. It's a daily oil from the word. You're going to need it in your head. Otherwise, that stuff will wear you down. So many saints are worn down. So many people discouraged because it gets into your feelings and emotions. But if we can get the living word of God, and that's really the apostle's job. The word apostle in the New Testament means the special messenger. And the only thing special about the message is the anointing and the glory and the oil from heaven that's in the word that has the ability to destroy witchcraft and destroy sorcery. But if you don't see sorcery and witchcraft and Babylon and all these things as your actual, the enemy of your soul, you might become the enemies of the apostles that are trying to destroy that stuff out of all souls. So just have that mindset when you go to battle in the word, in the bread, in the daily exercise of your faith, that this is the stuff the word is consecrating you from. To be sanctified and to be made holy is to be set apart from the enemy's words that often look like God's words. Remember, Satan only tempted Jesus Christ in the Gospels with Scripture. So the demons mainly will use religious terminology, scriptural stuff, 
It, it has the appearance of good. It sounds like God. It's a perfect pastor. It's a perfect doctrine. But it's Satan because it doesn't have the light and the life of God's glory in it. So we need a breaker anointing word, the word full of power and glory to set us free from all the sorceries of Babylon the Great. How often? Every single day in Jesus' name. Amen. Deliverance is the children's bread. Fresh deliverance in the word of God for you today. So be loosed in the name of the Lord. He's watching over his word to perform it. So if this is his word, he is watching over those of you who receive this word to bring it to pass in your life that you will overcome the false gods of destiny, of idolatry, and immorality, and you will receive the revelation that he is your destiny. His character being formed on the inside of you. How many of you know that Joseph could only ascend to the throne and surpass the Pharaoh by Christ within him? The hope of realizing <laughs> the glory, and he spoke with the holy tongue. A holy tongue could only be spoken on and through and by those who have received the Holy Spirit upon them in the Old Testament and now in the New Testament within you. Messiah comes in simply through his word. You are saved by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And what is the word of God? Faithful and true. This is one of the most beautiful scriptures in the Bible. It's Revelation 19.11. And I'm going to read it in the message translation. Then I saw heaven open wide. Just type that in the comments. I, I saw, saw heaven, heaven open wide. wide. Heaven's going to open wide in your lives through the word of God. And oh, a white horse and its rider. The rider's name was faithful and true. He judges and he makes war in pure righteousness. So in these realms, you're judging and making war against principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, spiritual wickedness in all places. So this is what we need, the pure righteousness that makes war against all the stuff of Babylon in the world. His eyes are a blaze of fire. Now, we've taught previously the eyes are the roots of immorality. Jesus' eyes are the roots of the righteousness of the fire of the virgin soul of the King of Israel. You want the impartation of that word to blaze with purity through your eyes. One of the greatest blessings, it's written in uh, Revelation 3, the purchasing of Isav to see. Isav means anointing or healing of the eyes, which is the removal of immorality. There is a circumcision of the eyes from the immorality of the world so that the eyes blaze with holiness and fire. It's so bright we have to wear sunglasses if anyone's wondering. Amen. I was still it's squinting so, my eyes a little so bit. So much so holiness we could, we could barely see unless we have sunglasses on. Holy and then well. be loosed in the <laughs> name of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> His eyes are a blaze of fire and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of, it drives the religious spirits crazy. One of the most common things the enemy says on, on YouTube is, but the sunglasses are so distracting. Man, you need to get over it. That's a religious right. spirit. Have some fun with yeah, Jesus. Yeah, we really don't care what <laughs> demons have to say on this broadcast because this is the broadcast of the Lord Yad Hey Vave, and every single one of those lying demons, whether they speak through people or they speak into atmospheres, will be bound and chained and thrown into the eternal abyss and cast in a lake for, of fire because for them there is no forgiveness, but for mankind there is forgiveness 
by the blood if you and the can't water discern the presence and the name of, of Jesus glory, Christ. If you can't discern the presence of his glory in our anointed You words, don't know him. <laughs> there won't be any help in you seeing our eyes. You'd probably just be judgmental anyway. Right. So it really helps deliver people from religious spirits. Be loosed. During the uh, Toronto Blessing... We called them the glory glasses. <laughs> Amen. Some of you just need some glory glasses and just get over it. Start having fun with Jesus in Amen. the glory. And then all this stuff becomes thrilling. He Amen. has a name inscribed that only he himself knows. He is dressed in a robe soaked with blood. And he is addressed as the word of God. The word of God. The armies of heaven, which is all the angels... They're mounted on white horses, dressed in dazzling white linen. That's also also the saints. They're following him. A sharp sword comes out of his mouth so he can subdue the nations. How are we subduing the nations? How are we destroying Babylon the Great? How are we bringing justice to victory? How are we moving all the legalism of Esau in the nation's governments and all of the sorcerers that have been like the plague inside all the nation's governments, economies, and militaries by the sharp sword of the mouth? In the heavenly realms, the sword of the mouth is what obliterates the works of the enemy in all the nations, it is written. Revelation 19.11. We need a sharp sword, not a dull sword. And it comes out of our mouth. Why? Because out of our heart, our mouth speaks. So that means the heart is fully circumcised all the rungs of Jacob's ladder to the very throne of God. Amen. That's the sharpening of your sword. Hallelujah. A sharp sword comes out of his mouth so he can subdue the nations with his armies. We want you in those armies. A commitment to this ministry is a commitment to these armies of white horses. Come on now. Truth anyhow. Then rule them, all the nations, with a rod of iron. That's righteousness. The rod of iron is the righteousness of living on the sapphire stones. It's the fulfillment of Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, the righteous shining as the stars of the heavens forever. He treads the winepress of the raging wrath of God, the sovereign strong. On his robe and his thigh is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Amen. It's a fresh day of fresh grace which means deliverance, oil, without oil and that fire hits, you can be assured that the demonic will flee. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And I wanted to look at this part in Second Peter that we touched on just a little bit here. Take a look at this for wisdom, for understanding, and for walking in a greater grace and purity and anointing. Some of you, if you've lost your anointing, you know, it's a very sad day when someone w loses their anointing. That's when you're dry. That's when you're wanting to go and steal from others' anointing. And that's illegal now and will be forbidden. And everyone in the entire universe be completely rendered incapable of stealing it now and forevermore in Jesus' name. Bam. Why? Because it's dumb anyway. Why go through the school of hard knocks? So we're just going to cut you off from it out of you gotta love. you got to develop your own Bible spot. Right. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So all stealing of oil is hereby completely cut off now and forevermore. Let everyone in the universe be rendered incapable of stealing it. It literally is not going to happen anymore. The stealing of the glory and the oil. Why? Because first of all, it's dumb. Second of all, it puts you in the, in the school of hard knocks with the demonic. 
and you're gonna eventually why learn the hard way and then figure it out in the end when it's almost yeah, too late what is written start the right way now not steal amen we need that everywhere in christianity we yep. need to honor and not steal so you're gonna do what the apostle said you're gonna do your own bible spa time you're going to make the self-sacrifice of your own nature and be gracefully wrong before the Lord and be filled. And some of you might have been beat down and just self-condemnation, demonic condemnation, all kinds of curses people have spoken over you and you feel kind of shrunk down. You used to be confident. You used to walk in anointing. And, you know, you go through things for a purpose. I want to tell you this very clearly. That anointing you used to walk in was not pure enough for the purposes of God in your life. So stop looking back to the good old days. Yeah. Anyone looking back to the good old days is bewitched. The father is a vine dresser. We often keep our eyes on the stuff he's pruned away instead of moving forward and producing on, new Buckley. fruit. You need to have your eyes on the father because he's producing a new thing in you. And if you step into the new anointing that God has for your life, it's going to be at least, I believe, 10 times purer as you go up 10 weeks, it's going to be 10 times purer than whatever was lost, whatever was stolen. Because let's be honest, let's be real. Those things that were stolen or lost, where was the chink, the missing part of the armor? What was the sin that opened up the door for the enemy? We don't like to think about those things because we like to be right all the time. But we're going to be gracefully wrong in those areas and receive grace through humility to approach the throne of God in our time of need of mercy and grace so that you could step into the new anointing God has for your life. So if you've been kind of shrunk down and depressed or in despair or sad because of a lost anointing or lost favor on your life, I want you just to see yourself and stand up on the inside and stand up. I just see like, like the bride of Christ looking kind of like Cinderella Maybe the wicked sisters tore at your dress and you're just out there in tears crying for fairy godmother to come save you again. You know, you thought you were ready to go and meet the king and you were dressed in the, in the best clothes that you had and now it's torn she to rags. from Cinderella to Sanctorella. <laughs> and just with the word of God and a wave of the sapphire stick... Be restored, be clothed in fresh garments. Your sins forgiven. Be restored to righteousness. Be restored to righteousness, America. Amen. Be restored to righteousness, all the countries, all you countries of the world, city, citizens, cities, nations of all tribes and all tongues and all nations. Be restored to righteousness. And those of you who have been beat down, just let go of the past. Just say, I let it go. I'm letting it go. I'm going to step into a new and greater anointing. It's not going to be anybody else's anointing. It's going to be my own anointing because I'm going to buy oil. I'm going to pay the price. I'm willing. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm willing to pay the price to walk in my own anointing with you. It's your anointing. You are the anointed one. I repent. I'm ready to align myself now with your will. And I'm going to let go of the past, looking to the past, looking to the future, looking to the past. I'm going to live right now in you, abide in you and your word, your Torah, your sapphire stones in me and be circumcised. So just on the inside, when you see, stand up and let that sapphire stone, holy Kabbalah, create 
a new garment for you. A beautiful dress. Now the lady is like this one. A beautiful dress like Cinderella, sparkling. You're going to go up the sapphire stones and be beautiful and become worthy. He is the worthy one. He's making you beautiful. He's making you worthy. He's healing your trauma. And he's loosing you from the enemy strongholds. Loosing you from the grasp of the enemy. Loosing you from the false gods of destiny. Jesus Christ is your destiny. And all those other external things that he wants to do are being restored as you walk in righteousness. And let go of our own ideas of what it has to look like on the outside. We want him on the inside. We want you on the inside. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We honor you. We honor your word. Thank you, kind and compassionate and merciful one. Let those judgments be sweetened by said that pure white glory coming down from your loving kindness of chesed through all worlds and through all of your people to transform them into the likeness of your image, which is the tefillin, which is the binding of the word of God of both Torahs, both written and oral tradition of Moses and the Lamb with the cantillation notes of Absolute, the song he's singing over you, it's coming down like a spiral of his DNA, rainbow genetics being restored in your DNA to be made, recreated in the likeness and image of Torah. Both of those Torahs of Jesus Christ, the two sapphire stone tablets made your flesh in Jesus' name. Bam. So we make it easy to be daily invigorated with God's Shekinah glory. Now, when all this glory is being poured out during the broadcast like this, you need to really start seeing, why am I not feeling the invigoration? Why is the refreshing? Why is it not hitting me? Guys, it's time to self-deliver, which means when, you, when the glory comes, light comes, it exposes darkness. If the word is not lighting you up like a light bulb, like a Christmas tree, and the Shekinah glory blazing through your face, you know, looking like Cheech and Chong, looking like you've just been lit up like a Christmas tree, and the joy of the word is not hatched within you when it comes forth. You know, Rick Joyner used to say, we need to wake up fiending for God's word like a crackhead fiends for crack. Amen? And then get high on it. You're, you're, it's your daily intoxication of God's glory, and it is an important aspect of your daily walk to learn how to eat. Why do we eat? To be energized. We know how to do it in the realm of the natural, but why aren't we energized with the fruit of the Spirit all the time in the realm of the spiritual? Because we're at war. The enemy does not want you energized. He does not want you prosperous. He does not want you healthy. He wants you defeated. So here we have to learn how to hatch God's word to get into the light of God's glory. And in the glory is the fullness of joy. The daily bread is the daily fullness of joy radiating through your hearts and minds, your feelings and emotions. Sometimes the blockages will be so severe that you'll go months without feeling something. I tell you the truth, a disciple learns how to expose the blockages in their own soul and deals with it with the Holy Spirit. As is written, I will send another comforter, the Holy Spirit. He will lead you and guide you in all truth. He will glorify me and he will speak about me. So the spirit of God's job in your life is to deliver you of all the power of the evil one, of all the shadows, even the areas where you hide. 
Those blockages, those strongholds, those mindsets, guys, that's like a DNA. There is a coding of a word oftentimes in the flesh of our heart and in the flesh of our brain that doesn't allow us to experience God's joy, God's glory, God's peace properly. The breaker anointing is that glory light that comes out of the word when the word of God is preached faithfully with God's will in the word. If there's any other thing coming down from heaven, you need to make sure it's first from the throne of the Lamb, in the river of the Lamb, for the glory of the Lamb. Then you just want to jump in. You need to Mm -hmm. jump in the river, you jump in the waterfall, and let it obliterate all the blockages. He wants you to feel good. Okay, it's, it's not an anti-feel-good. You know, Bob Jones would say oftentimes, feelings are the most important thing. Unless you feel loved in the Word, you'll never open up your heart to receive it. It'll just be dead religion beating you up every day on your head. All that stuff is demons. That's what hell does. God sends a comforter. He wants to wrap you in a cloud, but then he wants to teach you and train you in righteousness. As we just spoke in James 3, 1, the higher the teaching, the higher the severity. He wants you to grow up because he loves you. And when you endure those severities and the chastisement, you'll find there's a whole bunch more room inside of you for more of his love that he wants to lavish upon you. And now with this scripture, I'm going to read to you. I'm going... Oh, the Lord's going to restore your vision. The Lord is restoring your vision. Revelation on why some vision was stolen. The Lord's restoring your vision and speaking truth. Second Peter 1, Simon Peter, a servant and emissary of Jesus, the anointed one to those who have received the same precious faith we share through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus, the anointed. I wish you a full measure of grace and peace as you grow in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need to experience life and to reflect God's true nature. Remember, you are those mirrors. Your souls are those mirrors meant to reflect God's true nature through the knowledge of the one who called us by his glory and virtue. Through these things, we have received God's great and valuable promises. Through these things, through these things we just mentioned, we have received God's great and valuable promises so we might escape (laughs) the corruption of worldly desires and share or be a partaker in the divine nature. That's God's DNA. God took the first step to rescue us from this corrupt world, from Messiah. He has, he gave you a Messiah to get you out of Messiah. Amen. He has granted us his power, revealed to us true knowledge. Amen. You're going to go up and you're going to transform that world of Messiah. And in within you is the Messiah to take you out of the world so that you can deliver and transform the world. Amen. God took the first step to rescue us from this corrupt world. He has granted us his power, revealed to us true knowledge, and spoken to us great promises. He has done this all for a reason that we might participate in his own nature and reflect his own life. But we are not passive observers of God's saving actions. We must receive his grace, grow in knowledge, and join him in this work of Redemption to achieve this, you will need, this is what you'll need. Here's your supernal grocery list. To achieve this, you will need 
to add virtue to your faith, and then knowledge to your virtue. To knowledge, add discipline. To discipline, add endurance. To endurance, add godliness. This is important. To godliness, add affection for others as sisters and brothers, and to affection at last, add love. The last thing you need is love. <laughs> oh God, okay. We're gonna, ow, oh, ow, oh, no. The last thing you need is love. For if you possess these traits and multiply them, that's the multiplication, then you will never be ineffective or unproductive. Are you ineffective and unproductive? Let's get the grocery list taken if care of. If you look of. at that list in the Sephirot, it, it's going mm -hmm. up. Yep. The sapphire stones is what he's saying. And then landing on his said, which is love in Hebrew. And he's, amen. And then he says, then you will never be ineffective or unproductive in your relationship with our Lord Jesus, the anointed. But if you don't have those things, these qualities, then you will be nearsighted and blind, forgetting that your past sins have been washed away. Therefore, brothers and sisters, work that much harder to confirm that God has called you and claimed you. If you can do this, then you will never fall along the way. And you can be sure that you will be richly welcomed in the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our anointed, our liberating king. And why add last love on that list? First was faith. You believe the word of God by faith when you heard it. That's your salvation. First, you're going to need virtue. Add virtue to your faith. So the virtues. You got to get into the virtues. Remember the angelic spheres of virtues. Tiferet, the son of righteousness. You've got to add virtue. You have to add knowledge to virtue. To knowledge, add discipline, right? So we don't get puffed up in pride. Discipline. That's what you're, a lot of you are going through. Endure, right? Endure to the end. I will give you a crown of life. Endure that chastisement of your soul. And add endurance, and then godliness. So you need godliness. Godliness comes before love. So if there's any relationships in your life and you're trying to get love, trying to give love, if you have not first established godliness, you are in false love in every one of those relationships. That's what makes you blind. That's why some of you have lost your vision. That's not to condemn you. That's to repent you higher into the high place of the virtues. So to the faith, be restored in your faith. Be restored to virtues. Be restored to knowledge. If you hate knowledge, you're like Esau, right? He just wanted to go after whatever he felt and do his own heart while he wanted his own will. Add knowledge, add discipline. We need discipline, right? That produces uh, righteousness. Knowledge above is God's intellect. It says grow in God's intellect, God's intelligence in the New Testament endurance and godliness and then once you've achieved that godliness then let's get into some holy affection for brothers and sisters because without godliness if you try to love if you even try to have affection if you try to have love you'll only end up in the fornication of emotional uh emotional harlotry and fornication with your brothers and sisters and that is the blind leading the blind into further destruction of your destiny so be restored to virtue, faith, godliness, discipline, the Father's the jealous love for you. The orgies of the golden path, mm -hmm. uh, the orgies of the golden calf mm -hmm. represent um, Christianity of the flesh. Like the fellowship of the mm -hmm. flesh is the exact same thing 
as the the orgies of the golden calf in the spirit. Mm -hmm. That's right. So come out of her, my people. Step into the virtues of the son of righteousness with healing in his wings, healing in his beams. And test your knowledge again today. How are you going to be walking in your divine destiny? What restores you to it? You determine your own destiny by your faithfulness. faithfulness. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, gather around. For today we embark on a journey of purpose and passion. A journey that transcends generations and connects us all through the power of shared dreams. We stand at the crossroads of opportunity and destiny with the chance to weave a story that will resonate for years to come. In the heart of Florida, where the sun kisses the earth with its golden warmth, there lies a vision waiting to be realized. The dream of RLM TV, a beacon of inspiration, a lighthouse of creativity, yearning for a broadcasting facility to call home. Today, I am before you not merely as a speaker, but as a messenger of possibility, as we collectively turn the pages of destiny and script a tale of support and unity. Imagine a place where ideas dance on the airwaves, where voices echo with authenticity, and stories unfold like petals in a poetic bloom. RLM TV envisions such a space, a broadcasting facility that breathes life into narratives, amplifies unheard voices, and unites communities through the eternal thread of righteousness. Now more than ever, we find ourselves in a moment where the power of media can shape perceptions, challenge norms, and spark change. As Joel's army, we carry the torch of experience, the wisdom etched in the lines of our journey. It is our time to contribute to a legacy that goes beyond us, to invest in a space that will be the canvas for the artists of tomorrow. Let us come together, not just as donors, but as architects of a shared dream. Each contribution, whether large or small, is a brick in the foundation of a facility that will stand as a testament to our collective commitment to Jesus Christ's holiness, scholarship, and humility. In the tapestry of life, we have the opportunity to weave a vibrant and rich thread, creating a masterpiece that generations to come will marvel at. Today, I urge you to be a part of this masterpiece. Let us pool our resources, not just for a broadcasting facility in Florida, but for a legacy that transcends the boundaries of time. As we open our hearts and pockets, let us remember that our investment is not just in bricks and mortar, but in the power of divine connection, in the ability of the eternal gospel to bridge gaps and build bridges that we may become the stairway from heaven to earth. Together we can make RLM TV's dream a reality. And in doing so, we contribute to a cultural landscape that reflects the redemptive strength of our entire generation. Thank you for being the custodians of dreams, the stewards of change, and the architects of a future where RLM TV's broadcasting facility stands tall, a testament to the power of unity, creativity, and the unwavering spirit of righteousness in our generation. Amen.